This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Boris. You got others united when it seemed absolutely absolutely impossible. Thank you. You, all of you, you all showed your grit and character back then. Strong British character. You didn't compromise Ukraine. And hence, you didn't compromise your ideals and thus you didn't compromise the spirit of these great islands thank you very much До какого времени? Без понятия. Я же серьезно говорю. Без понятия. Ну и что говорю? Шесть человек, ты слышишь? У нас шесть человек. Семь. А? Семь. И что у нас поддержка? Там больше никого нету, ебать. Там никого нету, там, сука, все умерли уже, блядь. Я это нахуй. Воюем. Я это покажу нахуй. Я это министру обороны Бацкину нахуй. Этот видео это разговор. Всех отправили на убой нахуй. Мобилизировали мобиков нахуй и разорвали, блядь. Без поддержки, без ничего нахуй. Нету ничего, никакой помощи, блядь, нахуй. Сейчас 12 человек должны занять оборону, сзади нас никого больше нету. Вот тут сзади никого нету. Слева где-то призрачный первый бат, там призрачные где-то люди нахуй. И завтра утром нас ждет то же самое. Они нас ночью нахуй вырежут, ебать, окружать вырежут. Они в подвале призрачный бат. Вот первый бат, они в подвалах сидят возле подвала, смотрят, такая ситуация, если что, бегут, ебать. Понимаешь? Это не те люди, которые выйдут расстреливаться или помогать. Мы наблюдали за эту ситуацию. Ходя, пошли. Куда? Да, забирай всех людей, пошли на свой сердце. Вот они на кросса докладывают. Пускай выходят в личку. Ты идешь со мной или остаешься, или остаешься с людьми? Блять, подождите, стоп. Да, мужики? Okay, uh, welcome. Wednesday, uh, 8 February, the year of our Lord, 2023, the second hour of our afternoon and early evening show of uh, War Room. And there you see what tale of two cities or tale of two realities, uh, Zelensky in at London, 
making a pitch for more support, more material, more uh, equipment and jets. And of course, the grinding war that you see in Eastern, um, in Russian speaking, Eastern Ukraine, in particular around um, Bakhmut and these other towns. I think there's 12 different locations this broad front has reached out on. Other big developing news today about uh, Nord Stream 2 and the, 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 uh, the um, what did I say, the event that took it out. Seymour Hirsch, a Pulitzer Prize where it came out with a major report today that's got people shocked. So I've, I've asked Darren Beatty and Rebecca Koffler to join us. Rebecca, put it in perspective. You've got this grinding war like World War One, that they said they had fought them to a standstill. They're looking for equipment to pivot for a spring offensive, the Ukrainians, to liberate, have combined arm, arms warfare with tanks and with, they need jets, uh, really advanced 21st century, you know, U.S. military stuff to liberate Crimea. But now, all of a sudden, the defense minister, who I don't know if he's still got a job, doesn't have a job. The Italian papers report yesterday he's out. Others that he's on the chopping block. Others that he's going to be there as long as this war takes place um, because of corruption and the, and the new zero tolerance policy. And you have Zelensky in London really making a huge effort. I think even the, he met with the king and, and you know, th- he's not getting the jets, but he's making a pitch again. Every time he sees somebody, he needs the jets. What, what, what's going on there? I mean, how did the defense minister miss, then all of a sudden just reveal there's 500,000 either new troops or new conscripts? It's tough to figure out what on the, on, from Russia on the Ukrainian border. What, what exactly tactically is going on right now? Well, what's going on is that uh, the Russians and Ukrainians, the two uh, brother Slavic nations are just annihilating each other in a brutal war that is unwinnable. We have a quarter of a million of Slavic men, uh, child producing age, young guys that are basically, you know, like gladiators. They are killing each other. And uh, this is absolutely unacceptable because all that's going on is the fueling of this war by pumping in Ukraine uh, with exquisite high-tech weaponry. Um, Let me just give you, and and it's not going to lead anywhere because this war is unwinnable, and I'll explain why it's unwinnable, but let me just read to you the long list of high-tech weaponry that Ukraine has been the beneficiary of. Um, It's the American-made military hardware, Javelin, a man-portable anti-tank system, Stinger, a lightweight portable air defense system, high-mobility artillery rocket system, HIMAR, Patriot missile defense system, Bradley's uh, fighting vehicle, and uh, uh, most uh, recently, it's the Abrams tank, right? And now Zelensky is uh, asking for F-16. But what the Pentagon has forgotten is that weaponry and technology do not win wars. Uh, strategy does. And this conflict has demonstrated to us, to the entire world, that the White House and the Pentagon lack strategy. There's no de-escalation strategy. There's no exit strategy. All that they've been doing is just pumping this weaponry. We have already provided uh, 
basically the equivalent of half of Ukraine's GDP, a hundred billion dollars worth of equipment at this point. Um, this reminds me of Afghanistan. I mean, remember, we were told the very same narrative that victory is just around the corner, which is what Zelensky keep, you know, telling us, deceiving the American people. And yes, he's desperate. Yes, I understand his people are being brutally slaughtered. But it's his complete misunderstanding of uh, and, and rather lack of competence of the art of war. You know, Sun Tzu told us that you have to know your adversary and Zelensky doesn't and neither does Joe Biden. I mean, look at the Russians. They sacrificed more than 25 million of their own citizens in World War II. He's not about to give up because what he's defending here uh, or what rather he's facing is the equivalent of his Cuban Missile Crisis. He's defending his, I know, to the Western analysts, it's Russia is being the aggressor. And that is correct. But from the Russian standpoint, he's defending his security perimeter, which has shrunk uh, to 100 miles, which is uh, a shorter distance than between Washington and New York. And so we would have never allowed this type of proximity of an adversarial force, you know, whether it's Russia, China, Iran, you name it. And so, and neither will Putin. And so what's happening right now is the Pentagon and the White House, plus the liberal media, are completely being enthralled with this narrative that is coming out of the former actor. And we are depleting our own weapons supply it is no secret anymore, and it's worrying the Pentagon, and some of these uh, high-tech weaponry is going to take as long as 18 years to restore the inventory. And that is reckless because neither China, nor Russia, nor Iran, nor North Korea are going to put their you know, sinister plans on hold. We just had the CIA director, Williams Burns, give us their intelligence assessment that China or Xi Jinping gave direction to his military to prepare for a military assault on Taiwan as soon as 2027. My own intelligence analysis, former DIA intelligence officer, uh, tells me that this time frame is more likely um, 2024, 2025, most likely during Biden's presidency, because all of our adversaries have assessed that this presidency is weak. But on top of that, our own national security apparatus is unable to protect us from airspace attacks. We just had a Chinese high-altitude reconnaissance vehicle breach our sovereign airspace completely undetected, right? The four-star commander, General Van Herk, who's in charge of NORTHCOM, North, uh, Northern Com Combatant Command, and NORAD, which is Northern Aerospace Defense Command, 
the four star told us that the reason that they have missed this threat is because of the domain awareness gap. Are you kidding me? $850 billion in defense budget and we can't defense our people, our airspace from what effectively is a low tech, you know, dirigible uh, sent to us by the Chinese, the balloon. This is not a birthday party that we invited Xi Jinping to. Let's get serious about the defense of our security and not just being, you know, taken for fools by Ukrainian, you know, actor Volodymyr Zelensky, whose appetite keeps growing and growing. I mean, where does this end? We don't need another 20 years and, um, you know, of entanglement the, into a foreign the, war the, the, that the, is the, potentially going to go nuclear. The, the, Rand, the Rand Corporation just came out with a study saying a long war here goes against America's strategic interests. So the question, uh, Rebecca, the New York Times, all the people covering this on the ground, you see at the battlefront, whether it's Bakhmut or these towns around Bakhmut to the east, this is a grinding type of war like World War One, and they're being relentlessly shelled uh, by the Russians. Uh, and, and they're giving back as, as good as they can. But is anybody come forward to the uh, to 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 the American people, or is Zelensky coming forward? Because when you look at this every day, and and they're doing interviews with the troops, they're saying we're out, man, we're outgunned. We don't really have the medical uh, supplies here to take care of the wounded. We don't have a lot of food. It's very cold. Uh, people getting dispirited, although they're obviously fighting for their country, and and they're and they're and they're enormously patriotic. How can ha- anybody have a wishful fantasy? about that army regrouping and doing com- a sophisticated combined arms operation to liberate Crimea in the spring. Isn't there just a mismatch with the reality on the ground and what the narrative is being sold back here to the American people? Well, the narrative that's been sold here to the American people is a egregious distortion of reality. I mean, look, if Ukraine were winning, we wouldn't be... N- needing to continue this relentless outflow of uh, high-tech weaponry, you know, top of the line uh, out of our own arsenal, right? If that were the case. So, uh, but what's basically happening is that, you know, the strategy that the Biden administration has adopted is um, to use Ukrainian in a highly immoral way right, to, to, to use them as a shield for the Europeans who are unwilling to provide for their own security and to pay for that security. And so we are effectively throwing Ukrainians, 100,000 of them at this point, you know, killed or wounded. We're throwing them into the meat grinder and we're calling it a sound investment. I mean, these, you know, so-called experts, right, the, the Washington uh, national security uh, talking heads are no longer hiding the fact that they're using it as an investment. And himself, two weeks ago, he gave a speech to the Chamber of Commerce in Raton, uh, Florida, where he spoke to um, all the executives of major U.S. and international investment companies, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and BlackRock, 
And instead of um, framing it as he did before, as the fight for freedom and showing all these tearjerker, you know, videos of uh, maternity wards being blown out by the Russians, he used these words, uh, Steve, this is an investment. So he is being uh, blatant about the fact that he's using this war as an investment. And meantime, his corrupt, um, corrupt officials are raiding the treasury and raiding all the weaponry and the cash that we've been pumping uh, into Ukraine, you know, courtesy of U.S. taxpayer. We have people uh, ourselves in our own country right now that are struggling to put food on the table with inflation hitting us up and, you know, the food prices are skyrocketing and, uh, and the gas prices. And in the meantime, the Ukrainian oligarchs um, um, misusing all that in embezzling all that security aid that we have been providing them. And I wish I was surprised. I mean, Ukraine, Ukraine is the top corrupt country in Europe. This is not, this is, this is a fact. You can look that up. Igor Kalamoisky, who bankrolled Zelensky's presidential campaign, is on the no-entry list of U.S. government. Again, you can look that up on the State Department's uh, website. Why is he banned and his entire family? It's because he's under multiple and multiple corruption investigations. So this is just showing us you know, that the Biden family is completely entangled with uh, foreign adversaries in a very, you know, uh, corrupt deals. I mean, we can't escape that fact. And until the American people face that fact that they're ruled by the corrupt Biden family that is using our funds, our treasury, and potentially our lives. I mean, we sacrificed 6,000 lives, $2.2 trillion in Afghanistan. What kind of investment is that? And so now we're pumping all the weaponry that effective soon the American boys and girls are going to be uh, fighting in the battlefield uh, in Ukraine because Ukraine, you can't just train on that weaponry. Oh, guys, taking years, months and years. So that's what we are stepping into. Yeah. Rebecca, uh, what, what's your social media? How do people get to your writings? You're up on Fox, you're up on the New York Post, you're a former... A DIA, Defense Intelligence uh, Agency official. How do people get to you and your content, and how do they get to your book, Putin's Playbook? Thank you. Uh, my website is RebeccaKofla.com. I am on Twitter, Getter, and uh, True Social. Uh, Rebecca at 0132. My book, Putin's Playbook, is available on Amazon and any other um uh, bookstore or wherever you buy, you guys buy books. And uh, in this book, I predicted uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict is rapidly now escalating and potentially into a broader war in Europe. Um, we wargamed it back at the Defense Intelligence Agency and the United States is being entangled right now uh, into another foreign war with catastrophic consequences. Rebecca, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Look forward to having you back. Rebecca Koffer, God bless. former thank DA you. official. Uh, thank, thank you, ma'am. Um, Darren Beatty, 
with this breaking news today, you got an op-ed in the in the Wall Street Journal. Tom Cotton is 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 actually taking Rebecca Koffler's line. Said it is an investment. In fact, we don't mind giving up all the weapon systems. So we might as well get rid of the old weapon systems. So when you buy new, let's give all the old stuff to Ukraine. Let them use it. And then you've got this Pulitzer Prize winning the muckraker Cy Hirsch. That looks like there was something much more nefarious going on at the start of this war. Can you put it in context, given the fact that every day we're trying to play this footage that what's really happening on the ground in eastern Ukraine, which is just this brutal World War II type of, you know, you, you, you shell, you, you kill people, and you take it yard by yard and then take it back inch by inch. Darren Beatty. Well, thank you. And I guess it's fortuitous that I'm on um, having the opportunity to follow your previous guest who, with all due respect, I need to put the previous guests back in context because months ago, when Nord Stream was attacked, you'll recall a very famous segment in which Jack Posobiec, the great, the great Jack was on, I was on, and the esteemed um, Miss Koffler was also on. And we discussed Nord Stream and Jack and I simply followed common sense that whatever was responsible for Nord Stream 2, it's extremely unlikely that Russia did it because they have nothing to gain from it. In fact, they have everything to lose from it. And Ms. Koffler, for whatever reason, without giving any kind of convincing argument, maintained very emphatically that Russia is to blame for blowing up its own pipeline. So I'd be very curious what her position is now in light of the reporting by Seymour Hirsch, was his reporting simply false? Has she come up with any logical explanation as to why? Hey, by she the way, by the way, it could, it could, it, 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 it could be, it could be, uh, it could be Russian disinformation. I mean, we haven't actually seen, Hirsch has put some, something forward that is very controversial, right? He's put forward a, a well thought through, not just so some Navy guys got an idea and went and did it. But he puts forward a complete plot led by kind of Jake Sullivan months before the uh, months before the war actually started. I think his first meeting, according to Cy Hirsch, takes place in December of 2021. Um, and so the Hirsch position is a pretty explosive one. I mean, I think. You know, you don't have to go as far as Seymour Hirsch to understand. Oh, no, that no, 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 no. Hang on. Hold, hold it. It's not pretty. It's not. Hang on. It's not pretty explosive. It's massively explosive. I'm okay, not saying it's right me, or wrong, but, they, but, but hold it. But hold it. In, 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 in see, what Seymour Hirsch, what Seymour Hirsch lays out is that the United States essentially committed an act of war prior to really the combatants uh, getting uh, getting at each other in February of 22. And in fact, we know from the, the Israeli foreign minister that it looks like Putin and Zelensky, according to him, wanted to have a ceasefire or didn't want to really go forward. But the Americans drove this. If you add that to what Cy Hirsch is saying, I mean, you tell me you're 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 the Ph.D. genius. I'm just some stupid Mick. <laughs> you tell me it's a well, if Cy Hirsch is right. Is that an act of war or not? Well, but I don't want to get distract like. What Cy Hirsch is saying is something that, again, is extreme because it's not simply what seemed to be logical, which was that it was some proxy operating with the tacit blessing of the United States. The Koffler position never had any logical support, which is that Russia did it 
And I'd be interested in if she's revised this position in light of recent reporting. What Hirsch is doing is he's taking it a step farther and saying it's not simply some kind of proxy acting with the kind of tacit blessing of the U.S., but it's actually, you know, the U.S. Navy was involved in doing it and the planning had been conducted before the invasion even took place, which is obviously far more extreme and explosive, but it has enough plausibility that I think it warrants closer examination due to the stakes No, involved. no, no. I, I, t I, I, t I totally agree with you 1,000%, but I want to take it deeper. It's not just that the U.S. Navy was involved, but Jake, he basically says Jake Sullivan convened a meeting. This is the president's national security advisor. So this came at the direction, had to come at the direction oh, of, of, of Biden and the yeah, senior level, Ronald Klain. Not just that. at this level would have to come from the very top, right? But they but, also, but also according to her, according, hang on, according to Hirsch, they actually chose the Navy divers because being not part of Special Warfare Command or they wouldn't have to find a presidential finding and actually go to the Gang of Eight and explain this before he did a covert action that this was thought through, according to Hirsch, from the highest levels of the U.S. government to game the system that they then could do a full-out attack to take out Nord Stream 2. And, of course, his implication follows your analysis by the anonymous Wall Street financier about the U.S. dollar, that this was all done to guarantee uh, the, 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 the dollar as a prime reserve currency or essentially the petrodollar. So this was as well thought through and quite frankly, probably more thought through than the Biden administration. Certainly, it's not their Afghanistan withdrawal. You would agree? No, I mean, I, I don't know about the petro uh, dollar, but it's certainly done to reassert total hegemony and control over the geopolitical affairs of of Europe. And as I was saying in this this morning segment, an underexplored dynamic of this conflict is just how much we've fully domesticated and tamed uh, Europe. The idea that Europe is somehow like benefits from this or, you know, no, this is the U.S. is in the driver's seat more than we could have ever imagined. But again, I would I would really like to know if if the previous guest maintains her strange position that, you know, it's one thing to question. It's not. Hers, but, I think we should. Yeah, but does she yeah. maintain this position that Russia is responsible for attacking its own pipeline which i always found let's bizarre. take let's take a uh, uh, yeah let's take a short commercial break i'm not sure it's relevant because i never heard anybody else support the fact that the russians did it except the u.s government kept saying that let's take a short break it's we'll get back to darren Beatty in a moment in my younger days i was a naval officer on a destroyer in fact i was the a-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. 
This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com code Steve. ekpure.com code Steve. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay prior. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business church, or nonprofit, and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Org. 
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. We have uh, the founder and publisher of uh, Revolver with us. It's been all over the story from the beginning. If uh, what Cy Hirsch is saying is true and it, and it checks out, and I think the only way it's going to be able to check out, you got to have hearings on this right away, is uh, that Jake Sullivan conceived of this sometime in the fall or over the holiday season of 2021, which would have been a, a month, let's say two months before hostilities actually broke out in Ukraine. And that this thing was then executed later, I think in September of 22, correct? Uh, if, if this had happened, what um, is this, do you believe, an act of war by the United States government against Russia, sir? Well, you know, it's a funny thing because ultimately it's only an act of war if the aggrieved party decides it is. But I think we could reformulate the questions to say, if somebody did this to us, would we think of it as an act of war? And I'd say the answer is an unambiguous yes. And furthermore, under these terms, it wouldn't just be a war against an act of war against Russia. It would be an act of war against Germany, because remember, the Nord Stream 2 was a critical element of, um, you know, Germany's economic plan. They had just as much invested in the Nord Stream pipeline as Russia. It was a critical piece of German infrastructure as much as everything else. And that's why I say is, you know, of course, in certain sense, the story is about Russia, but there's another really fascinating and important story, which is about U.S. relationships with Europe, with Europe and Germany specifically. We destroyed either ourselves, if Hersher's right, or operating through a proxy otherwise. Russia didn't do this. I'm sorry. We did it either directly or indirectly, and we destroyed a critical piece of German infrastructure. And, and you know, the Europeans have this kind of squeamish way of speaking between the lines. And what they've done is they've conducted various investigations the Scandinavian countries had, and they said, we found no <laughs> evidence that Russia is responsible for this, which is effectively means the, either the U.S. or its proxies did it. Um, Seymour Hirsch gives a particularly explosive case of how it may have happened. We can't be sure whether it's true or not. It looks like he has just one source and we don't know. But the allegations are important enough. The stakes are high enough that this absolutely warrants further investigation. And I fear that, you know, we're talking about this on the war room because the war room is where you talk about things that actually matter. But as far as the, you know, the cable news, you know, for, for the for the mindless cattle, um, I don't know if anyone on cable news is going to talk about this other than Tucker Carlson, which means that it won't reach the level of scrutiny that it really deserves, given the seriousness and what's at stake in the story. Tucker and War Room and yourself and all of us on this anti-war um, right, uh, we punch way above our weight. What, what would be your recommendation? Because obviously a lot of people not just focus on these shows, but it has a lot of throw weight. Now that we've shifted the Overton window away from the kind of the Tom Cotton, Mike Pompeo, both guys I really admire, but on this one are just dead wrong. Um, what would be your recommendation? What has to happen? And I want to tie that into... Biden's say the union last night was a little half hearted about Ukraine. Yes, certainly you had the 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 um, you had the um, the ambassador take a bow, but it, th there wasn't ten minutes about Ukraine. 
Yeah. He wanted to get in and out of the Ukraine part as fast as possible. What is your assessment given this explosive allegation? Zelensky's in London begging for jets. All the polling in the country saying the American people are are starting to question this now. Obviously, in Europe, they're really starting to question. That's why he's not going to Italy. Italy just canceled Zelensky's appearance at this music festival to give his rah-rah pitch. Where, where do you think we stand on this, since you've tracked it probably more closely than anybody since day one? Well, as far as Biden's speech goes, I think it's fair to say, just generally speaking, people don't really care about foreign policy relative to other issues at the retail level. Um, Biden had some, you know, bungling as is to be expected. But I have to say, you know, frankly, overall, I don't think his speech was particularly disastrous. I think it hit all of the, you know, the points that he needed to hit. And it was politically intelligent of him to spend as little time as possible on Ukraine because they understand that it's just not what sells um, at the retail level. In some ways, they're, you know, the only politician on our side who understands what sells at the retail level is Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, other than that, the Republicans seem to be largely tone deaf. And that's reflected in these sort of neocons in drag like, uh, like Tom Cotton and others. Um, but I think overall, uh, Biden's speech, unfortunately, uh, was kind of a net positive for him. And he cleverly disguised himself almost as a kind of, you know, uh, populist in a way. And then he'll go on to govern in the way that we've all seen with the disastrous effects that we've seen so far. Uh, what is your assessment of uh, next moves before we've got two other big stories you're covering we want to get to? And we got some cold opens for you. What uh, what's your assessment right now in Ukraine, particularly what they're talking about, a massive spring offensive to liberate Crimea. But it looks like uh, they're they're being ground into dust in cities like Bakhmut and the civilians are taking it every bit as badly. Uh, the incoming from this new looks like reinvigorated with conscripts, Russian army. Uh, pounding away at them 24-7, sir. Well, I mean, the whole thing is just such a disaster, and we're on autopilot. It's not clear that we have any particular strategic objective. We have, you know, obsessives like Victoria Newland, who figures prominently in the Hirsch narrative as someone who is one of the key proponents of blowing up uh, Nord Stream. We have people like that who are Russia obsessives at the helm, with no consideration for any kind of larger geopolitical or strategic objectives here. And you have various special interest groups that are feeding at the coffer, like you know the defense industry and so forth. And you have various oligarchs benefiting, but there's no grand vision behind it. And so it's hard to see, like even if individual persons within the decision-making mechanism understand that this needs to come to an end, there's so many competing parties with so many competing interests and a lot of inertia negatively um, uh, at, at, at the moment that it's hard to see where a real course correction would come from. And so I think we're just sort of going to bungle along in the same trajectory and just uh, <laughs> and just hope it works somehow. Uh, let's go to. Um... Let's go to let's play the cold open. I want to start with the with the Christian story first, and then we're going to go to this blockbuster about uh, this unbelievable story about Hillary Clinton. Go, go ahead and play uh, the cold open for this segment. There was this controversial figure. Everywhere he went, people challenged him. They 
questioned his ideology, trolled him, called him ugly names. But he never took the bait, never raised his voice, refused to retaliate because he believed he could change the world by turning the other cheek. There are a number of those very well, very striking in black and white, super professionally made. And I'm talking playing in prime time on National Football League games, the, the playoff games, which is the, the most expensive territory you can buy in media right now. Uh, and, and most of these have a very decided left wing slant to them. Uh, there's one about uh, about uh, being a refugee. There's other about uh, about, I think, uh, LGBTQ, all these questions. These are you, you've uncovered what what is this? These are these are ads promoting Christianity, supported by some of the biggest names in the conservative movement, like Hobby Lobby. What, what's going on here? Yeah, it's very bizarre, and it's really kind of treacherous. It seems to me, you know, I'm somewhat, you know, uh, re- reluctant to fully analyze simply because I'm not, you know, I'm not a Christian, so I wouldn't presume to say what, you know what Christianity should mean or anything like that. But it certainly seems that you have groups with some type of cultural purchase on the Christian right um, using people's sincere religious beliefs against them as a propaganda tool to shove um, globalist and left-wing agendas and talking points down in this kind of uh, you know, manipulative use of saying, oh, you know, you know, Jesus would love all refugees. And by implication, you're not a good Christian if you don't like open borders, um, which, again, I would suspect is theologically unsound, although I would you know, encourage you to have uh, a religious authority to fully explicate that. But I can say with confidence that it's extremely deceptive on the part of Hobby Lobby because Again, it's, it, was, it would be one thing if it's coming from manifestly and conspicuously um, left-wing groups. We can just discount it accordingly. But when organizations or people with cultural purchase and trust on the right use people's beliefs, in this case religious beliefs, in order to manipulate them into accepting um, an agenda that is bad for them, bad for the country, and has nothing to do with these religious beliefs is really sinister and really nefarious. And of course, to play it on NFL, you know, time just shows how much contempt the system has for these people. They're thinking, look at the dumb cattle watching their dumb cattle game. Let's shove this message down their throat and they won't know any better. But I think people do know better. They do know when they're being manipulated. And I was very glad to highlight this recent and really egregious case um, on Revolver.News. How did this how did this story come across? How did you see the story? I'd noticed it was it was um, uh, pretty shocking because the, the ads are almost like Hollywood type quality ads. Plus, right. it's prime time. You could tell very expensively made and in the most expensive time. We actually tried to track down who had put the money up, but it was quite obscure to do it. How did you, how did it come across your desk? You know, we have source, source aggregation and, 
it was a story I think it had some traction on social media and so forth. And again, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I, I don't know if, if you were following this, but it was one of these things where everyone was up in arms because there was some Grammy performance that was, you know, allegedly like, you know, someone dressed up as Satan and people were up in arms about it. But, you know, this is coming from the Grammys. It's, you know, silly celebrity stuff. But here, again, I think it's so much more sinister when the people promoting these things are people that have gained the trust of people who are on the right, and in this case, on the religious right, who organizations like Hobby Lobby that may have had their trust is using that trust against them and using their own sincere religious beliefs against them in order to promote a very, very devious and insidious political agenda. So you're absolutely right. I think this warrants further investigation. Let's find out where the money comes from. Let's find out the full story behind this. How did they get to Hobby Lobby? What's actually going on here? What kind of deals were cut in order for these absolutely high quality production videos to be played um, you know, during NFL primetime while people are watching the game. And therefore, at their, in some ways, people are at their most vulnerable when they're engaging in sort of entertainment stuff like watching the game. The mind, the defensive critical faculties of the mind dissolve because you're just in relaxation mode. Well, here's and here's why it's so striking, because for those games, you know, pre-Super Bowl, for those games, you have the consumer products thing just repeating the most basic commercials you've seen. It's just repetition, right? And they're pretty mindless. This is actually very well thought through. And it's interesting, just right in the middle of this massive debate we have on the invasion of our country, and they start off the hearing yesterday uh, at uh, on the DHS, and, and the very first uh, comment by the minority, uh, the Democrats, uh, and I think the ranking member or one of the leading members on the minority uh, Democrat side says this whole hearing is going to be about white nationalism and white supremacy because these guys are calling it the invasion of our border, right? And to have that spot that's so striking and sticks out from all the other crap commercials, and it's and they're repeated but different elements of it. One of them is about, you know, Jesus as a refugee, which you don't get to the punchline to the end, uh, just in the very moment that you're having this huge debate about migrants and about what it is about national sovereignty and all that is is insidious, truly insidious, particularly when you see the people in back of it. We've I got about six minutes and I gotta get to this other story because people's heads will blow up. Um I don't think we have a cold open for it. Talk to us about the talk to us about the Hillary Clinton. Uh is a guy that's done memes on Hillary Clinton. I think this came from a couple of years ago in the sixteen campaign. He's yeah. facing ten years in prison. No, I mean, I wish we had more time because this really is the most important story. It's the most important First Amendment story you never heard of. And just in a nutshell, a young man called Douglas Mackey, who was allegedly operating with a pseudonymous Twitter account called Ricky Vaughn, named after the major league character. This account, Ricky Vaughn, MIT did a study on the most influential um, media accounts, and his Humble Twitter account, this anonymous young guy in, in New York, um, he was more influential than CBS, according to, and all other, you know, other mainstream outlets, according to this MIT study. So it was a spectacularly influential um, account, and it dabbled in memes, some 
hilarious, some controversial, some both hilarious and controversial. And among those memes, there's sort of a meme format in existence, kind of implicitly mocking the intelligence of Hillary and Hillary's supporters. And so one of his meme was, oh, you know, if you want to vote, just text Hillary to this number, you know, with the suggestion that Hillary supporters are so dumb, they're the types of people who would believe this. It was clearly satirical in nature and had a satirical format. The government that's trying to throw this guy in jail for 10 years has not been able to produce a single example of somebody who didn't vote as a result of this meme. And they're resurrecting this statute that was designed, you know, the statute is designed to prevent the Ku Klux Klan from intimidating voters from going to the polls. And they're saying that sat meme satire on Twitter is equivalent to that. Um, it's a deeply disturbing case. And what it amounts to is the Biden regime trying to codify the disinformation scam into our criminal law, such that disinformation no longer only becomes a pretext to censor someone, it becomes a pretext to actually put them in jail. And the case of this young man who dared to mock Hillary Clinton, um, to put him in jail for 10 years. Hold it, hold it, hang on, oh, hang on. You would hope they were shifted tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of votes. That's where, under what law are they going after a guy for making fun of somebody? That's pure political discourse. I mean, I'm made fun of all the time. Trump's made fun of all the time. That's part of the, the currency of politics. Well, how are they even going, what do they charge the guy with? Well, remember, there's, there's this statute that, again, was originally designed to prevent the Ku Klux Klan from intimidating African-Americans from being able to vote at the polls. But, and they're saying that, well, this was an intimidation, but it was a kind of deception because people are going to think it's real and they're going to text Hillary instead of going to vote, even though, as I mentioned, they haven't been able to produce a single aggrieved party that didn't vote as a result of this satirical meme. So the whole premise is ridiculous. It's a complete stretch. It's an innovation in criminal law. And again, what it's trying to do is to codify the disinformation scam, which Steve, you and I have been talking about for a while, which is the censorship predicate du jour favored by the national security community. But again, they're trying to expand it such that you're not just going to be censored and deplatformed for disinformation. You're going to be thrown in jail, which when you think about it is kind of the ultimate deplatforming. And in the case of this uh, young man, he faces 10 years, which is absolutely insane. You know, there are murderers who don't go to jail for 10 years. Hunter's not going to spend a single day. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's really a, a terrifying innovation. I think every American who cares about the role of free speech in our deliberative um, democratic process needs to take this case very seriously. And there is a legal defense fund for this young guy. It's memedefensefund.com. So if people are interested, they could support uh support the legal effort at that website, memedefensefund.com. Um, Darren, how do we, uh, how does everybody get to you on social media and how do they get to Revolver? Your your website is uh, show prep for the war room. How do people go? 
Revolver.news, white hot. There's also the DeSantis story, which Chris Rufo said is the best analysis of what's going on with DeSantis in Florida taking over these colleges for the better. So that's white hot, Revolver.news. I'm on Twitter, at Darren J. Beattie, and we love it. We're white hot on Getter, at Revolver News. Darren Beattie, thank you for Revolver, and thank you for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, um, as you can tell, we're in the middle of all of it, and so are you. And we're in the middle of all of it because of you, because this audience is so powerful and important. We're going to start back up at, uh, nine, at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. But make sure you go to Getter. I'm putting up information all night, analysis all night. You instills our entire team, maybe do a live stream or two. See you back here in the war room, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.